Everybody, and welcome to the PHLY Eagles post-game show. Bo Wolf and Jamie Lynch. We will hear from Zach Berman live from FedEx Field in a little bit as we unpack the 38-31 win for the now 7-1 Philadelphia Eagles. They come back in this game from down 14-3 and 24-17. A.J. Brown does it again. His sixth straight game with 125 yards or more receiving Two touchdowns in this game, including one of the more impressive catches I think any of us has ever seen. Jalen Hurts throws for four touchdown passes while looking gimpy. The defense does not play a very good game in surrendering 31 points and four touchdown passes to Sam Howell. We will talk about that. We'll talk about lots of other stuff. Hopefully you can hear us well. Jamie, how you feeling? Feel pretty great overall. I'm glad everybody can hear us now. I think We got we're to back. work out the case. Yeah, 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 we're back up and running now. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, a lot to like there outside of the defensive side of the ball. A.J. Brown, as you said, I've seen enough. I'm calling him the great, the greatest Eagles wide receiver of modern-day football. Um, Shot at Britton Covey, but okay. <laughs> I didn't want to bring Covey into this, but uh, yeah, I mean, the guy is just unbelievable. Every- Isn't it wild to think about, like, it was three years ago when Greg Ward was leading the team with, like, 500 yards receiving? That was dark. Yeah, there's been a lot of dark times. Probably the darkest thing about 2020. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What else happened? <laughs> Nothing else was going on. Right. Uh, yeah. But AJ Brown, every time I watch him play, I just go, what the hell was it? John Robinson, the GM of the yeah. Titans. What was he thinking? Like, you know, now I, my thing on that is, I mean, what was he thinking? But also John Robinson is not trading away AJ Brown without like ownership. Sure. Him sure. Asking, sure. Right? Like yeah. that's gotta be an ownership. Yeah. Thing. He probably is cheap or whoever it is and said, you know, I don't really want to pay him $25 million right. a year. And as Nick Sirianni's, you know, went up to uh, Jeffrey Lurie recently at practice and said, thank you for the hundred million dollar AJ Brown toy. Uh, he's an absolute franchise changer. I said it when we were having audio technical difficulties. He's a top three wide receiver in the NFL without a doubt in my mind about it. He can do it in many ways. He can out physical you. He can do it with his hands. He can do it on the run. Like the guy is that over the middle down the field. Yeah. Complete and total package. Like Tyreek Hill, you know, has his, his traits that nobody else can match. Uh, Justin Jefferson just probably, you know, is a little bit of, but like AJ Brown's bigger and tougher. And like, he just might be the most well-rounded wide receiver. in the unlike league. the earth in his <laughs> opinion. Yeah. What the hell was that? He's a, he's a flat earth truther. We won't, we won't talk want about your wide receivers to be a little bit off, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They gotta be a little off to be yeah. wide receivers. Uh, but he's just, he's unbelievable. He really is. Unbelievable and and was a savior for the Eagles in this game early when they were having trouble moving the ball a couple times Jalen Hurts able to just sort of throw the ball up there and trust that AJ would go up and get it Uh, Hurts in this game now we saw him take a couple shots we saw him sort of look hobbled Um, he only ran for six yards on four carries he had one scramble that was a first down scramble other than that they sort of let him not run in this game but he goes 29 of 38 for 319 four touchdowns and a 135.7 quarterback rating 
uh, Devontae Smith finally shows up in this game. Easiest touchdown of his career. 99. And you got to give Jalen Hurts credit for seeing that one yeah. right away. But I mean, yes, as and and uh, a friend of mine, I think, said it well. Devontae Smith is probably waiting for that ball to come in and catching. It's like, OK, this is how open I need to be to finally get the ball thrown my way. Right. Like, um, yeah, if Jalen missed good. that one, uh, we'd be probably roasting his ass yes. because uh, he, he doesn't get much more wide open in the NFL than that. I think generally, you know, we're going to unpack the defense because this was this was not a good defensive performance. No. There were guys uh, more open against the secondary than I think we've seen in a while. I think James Bradbury is a little bit on my radar as, as having taken a bit of a step back. You don't know yeah. if he's dealing with anything. But in terms of like, it, this game could have gone the way of the Jets game, right? Sure. Um, they This was a, a, a weird game where there were some, some odd bounces of the ball happening. Uh, they fight through the slogginess. And over the course of the game, they're able to sort of come out on top. I think helped in part because uh, Ron Rivera is not doing a very good job. And and just over the course of as many possessions, the better team is going to come out ahead. But um, it was even a little bit too close at the end there. Like, you know, DeAndre Swift could have just sort of kneeled the ball down on that fake tush push and the game would have been over. Yeah, it probably would have been. the same thing happened with the A.J. Brown touchdown. The other, uh, was that against the Commanders too? Yeah, and I think the, the reason like Brian Westbrook is so revered for that heady type of play is it's rare for a player mm. to realize that in-game. Uh, it's few and far between. You kind of see the right play made there. So I can't really kill Swift, but you're right. In the moment, if he just goes down after a yard, they pick up a new set of downs. They could have just run out the clock. Um but yeah, I mean, you're right. Um, you know, clock management. It's not for everyone. Yeah, Rivera's, and you know what's like really pathetic and a good example of like a, a coach who was working on the right level or not is, you know, this game is, is uh, what was it, 31-24 at that point. The Eagles are up a touchdown. The commanders have the ball with like four minutes left and they have to decide whether to go for it on fourth and eight or not. And Rivera has to call timeout so that he can decide whether he's going to go for it or not. You got to know that ahead of time. You know, you're wasting a timeout that you need when you're the trailing team late in the fourth quarter. I mean, that is like, that is like day one stuff. Yeah. And then a challenge later to lose another timeout. (laughs) So like if you're right, my buddies uh, that are season ticket holders down there, one have wanted him fired for a while. They think he's a lame duck coach that doesn't really care. Doesn't really get it. Um, So riverboat runs. I would think his days are numbered. Uh, and now if you look at the landscape of the NFC East, Brian Dayballs, you know, coach of the year, his days might be numbered too. So Uh-oh. half of the NFC East. Did they lose that game? Wow, they did, huh? <laughs> That's wild. Kind of unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't think Ron Rivera, I think the game has kind of passed him by. I would say so. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, he's of that older generation. But Jack Del Rio is still on top of it. Oh, yeah. There's a guy who still knows what's going on. Yeah, see, he just wants to be in D.C. in, ja- in early January. That's exactly right. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's almost why you see the trend now with, uh, you know, the upper echelon teams almost going in that young coach route because it's an entirely different game than it was 20, 25, 30 years ago. So I think some of these guys, like Ron Rivera there, you got to know you're probably going through it on fourth and eight and, you know, have your OC come up with your best three fourth and eight. You got to know on third down. Yeah. You got to call your play on third down knowing (laughs) already whether or not you're going for it on fourth down. Yeah. And then, you know, the timeout you're playing from behind, you're probably going to need those. And then to have a challenge that you lose, like it's just, it's compounding error. It's so funny. Like, okay. All right. Everybody stop playing the game. Let me just think about this for a second. Everybody shut up. I need to think. 
but yeah, uh, you know, and Nick Sirianni and his staff are, are really good. Sometimes we get annoyed at some of his third down play calling, Brian Johnson and Nick, that is. And, but they're doing it with fourth and short in mind. So they're already clearly thinking a play or two ahead. And, and some of those old school coaches, I don't think really get there mentally. I think that's right. Now the Eagles, uh, two turnovers in this game, both inside the five yard line brutal. of the commanders. We Pretty brutal. We didn't really get a good replay on that. It looked like a botched snap between Kelsey and Hertz on the, on the, uh, the tush, push. on the tush, push fumble. Yeah. It looked like what it was either a botched snap or when he's pushing forward, the ball either goes off of like Dickerson's tush yeah. or somebody else's knee or something like that. Not but, a yeah. great replay on that one. So couldn't really get a good look yeah, at the, it. Uh, the broadcast today was tough. Not, but, not the best. Um, you know, lack of angles uh, on replays, uh, like too tight of a shot. We had the guy's hand in the, uh, in, in the camera for a little bit. And then, <laughs> and then the ref's mic was not working. So Yeah. Uh, and I'm curious your thought if you agree with all of uh, Eagles Twitter and everybody here in the chat. Shout out to everybody. Hit that like button while you're in here. We appreciate you. Um, Kenny Gainwell, red zone. Um, he, I don't want to say Kenny Gainwell sucks because that's not fair. Cause I've seen him not suck many times. The desire to use Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell every time they check into the game seems forced to me. I mean, the degree to which Kenny Gainwell has to get the ball when they're in the red zone almost immediately is very bizarre. Like so much so that I made this joke before when he scored, whether it was last week or two weeks ago. I think it was last week. Yeah. It feels like it's like Brian Johnson is like trying to fill, fulfill some genie's wish or something. <laughs> yeah. like, it's like something he has to do. Is he getting like a it doesn't make any sense? No, it really like, doesn't. We know that DeAndre Swift is a better runner. And so this is not a situation where you are asking Kenny Gainwell to pick up blitzes because he's better at that than DeAndre Swift or even to uh, run routes better than DeAndre Swift because he's a more reliable receiver. This is like situations inside the five-yard line where you're looking for somebody who can pound it between the tackles. And yeah, Kenny Gainwell has done that very well in the past. Sure. We have enough of a sample size this season to see that he is not doing it better than Swift. And Swift, one of the things, things that has been most impressive about him this season in, in terms of better than we thought, surprising, is his ability between the tackles. So yeah, I think it is... It is uh, past the point of we got to stop doing this at this point. Yeah, and it looks like maybe they self-corrected that already in game there. You didn't see him in the second half really get those touches, you know, the high leverage touches in the red zone. Uh, Swift. He got to have a little redemption on that drive at the end of the first half. Yeah. You know, the two-minute drill being his thing, that's fine. Uh, You know, I have no issue with that. Yeah, Uh, and allegedly there's a screenshot out there. If it's true that he was responding to people on Instagram uh, during halftime, which is – not a great look. I would say just keep the phone away. I mean, you're allowed, you're an adult. You're allowed to pick up your phone, but maybe don't hop in the comment section with fans. I think it's kind of funny, actually. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody thinks this job is so important and you need total focus. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just like shouting out haters at halftime. I think that's kind of funny. Shout out to the yeah. haters on Instagram. Uh, but yeah, Kenny Gainwell, I've, I've, I just feel like every time Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell check into the game, there's a 75% chance one of them is going to get the ball like right away. It does feel that way. And I don't know why that is. And if I'm picking that up as, as a noob watching on TV, I'm sure other teams are probably picking that up as well. Well, speaking of things you could pick up, Ooh. how about some new sneakers? I because love this app. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm a, I got a little bit of a sneakerhead in me. I have to keep it down low because I okay. wear flip flops eighty percent of the <laughs> year. To come across, uh, and then I would just spend too much money. So I have to like check myself a little bit. What do you have? Like a uh, do you have like a? I have a like couple a budget Jordans. for yourself. Is like I can get like three pairs a year. What, do you have like uh, a, usually like one to two a year. Okay, I'll slip in. Okay, and if That's I'm doing it, I'm going to use Soul Savvy. He's going to use Soul Savvy because the Drops by Soul Savvy app makes it easy to keep up. With all the latest news, releases, raffles, and sales in the sneaker world, it is your one-stop shop for everything sneakers. There's the drop alerts that gives you the instant notifications. You never miss a release again. You'll get instantly notified whenever your size is available to buy. You get the free raffle management. Keep track of all the raffles that happen in sneakers with our raffle tracker and the release calendar. Our accurate release calendar will keep you updated on releases that are upcoming. Whether you are a casual buyer or an all-out sneakerhead or a down-low sneakerhead, Soul Savvy has something for you with three different levels. The basic version, which is free, mobile plus, or premium. Sign up for Soul Savvy by clicking the links in the description below or visiting links.soulsavvy.com slash P-H-L-Y or head over to the App Store and download the Drops by Soul Savvy app. Yeah, um, <clears throat> a sneaker game is a tough game these days. Like, so Soul Savvy is there to help you out. And, uh, uh, you know, if you're a sneakerhead, check it out for sure. Because uh, sneaker games wild. Like people, you know, I see people tweeting about like trying to get the new pairs and shipments and this and that. And Soul Savvy uh, makes it easier for you. So. How about the bread game? Oh, the bread game. I love myself some hero <laughs> bread, Bo. You know that. I actually am a, a bread head, and I feel a little bit better when I'm eating Hero Bread. Uh, and right now, if you go to Hero Bread, you can save 10% off your first order with code PHLY. Got to try a little bit of it here in studio. Uh, and you just kind of feel better knowing that you're getting a healthier bread. Uh, you know, the breads, they have a lot of everything. Uh, the taste and texture, it's soft and fluffy and delicious like normal bread. Uh, I thought you were going to say like you. <laughs> I am fluffy. <laughs> uh, but if I keep up with this hero bread, maybe I can drop the fluff. Uh, it's high in fiber and ultra low net carbs, zero grams of sugar, which is something my wife, whenever I bring home the traditional, you know, white loaf is always yelling at me. Uh, so she loves hero bread. Uh, you can use code PHLY for 10% off at hero.com. Hero makes sliced breads, buns, and tortillas that are available on Hero.com and Amazon. Uh, fewer calories than the national leading brands. Only 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving, which is great. Right now, Hero Bread is offering that PHLY family 10% off their first order. Uh, so head, to, head there and use code PHLY to save on Hero Bread today. That's H-E-R-O.com to save 10% today. All right, let's talk a little bit about the defense because uh, we can't just – Pretend like this was a, a great game for the Eagles. I would um, say number one and two on the hit list. And let me see if you agree. James Bradbury and uh, Reed Blankenship. So I'm a, I, I'm a, of a different thought on Blankenship. Okay. Um, because he's played so well most of the season. He has. Um, we know that he's dealing with a rib injury. And that he's probably pushing through to to play through something. I agree. I'm I'm a little bit more forgiving of, of one bad game. Because he, okay. was, he was certainly a step slow at times in this game. Um, he did come up with a big did, pick. You know, he he got the redemption, what game changing play with that interception yeah. uh, in the fourth quarter of a tie game. So I, I'm okay on Blankenship. Okay. I, I trust that he will get better. Also, you know, the partnership with yeah, Byer was a bad game. It's possible that Desai is putting him in some positions that he wouldn't otherwise put him in sure. because Byer still 
coming in slowly. He's he's been their best. I would say he's been their second best player in the secondary over the course of the season besides Darius Lee. Yeah, so absolutely. I'm okay on that. Bradbury, you know, one of the things that was so great about him last year was like he did not get beat deep. It was there was that one play in the Saints game from last year, and that was like the only time he got beat deep all year. Now, twice in the past two weeks, he's gotten beat deep. And uh, there have been some other plays in which he's been just sort of trailing behind. Like Bradbury is like as smart a guy as they have in the, in the secondary or, or on the defense at all. I am, uh, I am definitely a little bit concerned, though, that he has taken a step back. And he's a player who, over the course of his career, has sort of been like one year on, one year off, one year on, one year off. And, and now that he's over 30 or at 30, you know, I would be a little bit concerned. Yeah, it certainly looks like he's taking a, a you know, a regression from last year, as you said. Um, you know, I, I'll be real interested to see what, you know, Baldy says this week when he joins you after after breaking down the tapes and all that. Uh, but it certainly looked like he was getting picked on a little bit today. Just kind of that step slow on everything. Uh, ESPN stats or next gen stats had the uh, the first touchdown to McLaurin as only a twenty nine point seven percent completion percentage chance and i went oh, he had like two steps on bradbury right. and went up and high pointed the ball i would have guessed that was a lot higher i don't know how they come up with that but bradbury was getting beat today and you know he's got pretty long arms and usually that can kind of like make up for it and get in a passing lane or get in the arms or whatever but he didn't have that today and and, and i think sam powell how uh, picked on him a little bit. Yeah, this is a, it's it's been interesting so far through eight games for the Eagles, where like last year or the last two years, we could rely on the Jonathan Gannon defense would be really bad against good quarterbacks mm-hmm. and they would feast on bad yeah, quarterbacks. No. <laughs> and now like the shot, the Sean Desai defense struggles against bad quarterbacks. <laughs> I mean, it's really you had good against pick, good quarterbacks. Well, which certainly would, you'd rather have. I think you'd rather have now. Because yeah, I'd rather go the playoffs, with Desai yeah, and have the bad play. quarterbacks. Right. Um, some injuries and personnel stuff that happened in this game, the defensive tackle. So Jordan Davis plays in this game, despite being listed as questionable, but then Jalen Carter and Milton Williams both got banged up during the game. I don't think that Carter, uh, played much at all. Williams uh, did eventually return, but, uh, they were depleted. there. still did a very good job against the run. Brian Robinson, 10 carries. Exactly. (laughs) There was a point on the bottom line in the fourth quarter where like the NFL thing had 11 carries for Brian Robinson. Oh. I was like, did I miss a carry? Now this is because in our, in our pregame show, our best bets, I had Brian Robinson over 10 and a half carries just missed. <laughs> Otherwise <laughs> I did hit Devonte Smith, uh, 60 yards, at least receiving for with the a alternate nice, line, with an, an alternate line. I could have gone even higher. I got, so I, I did, I did make money on the day in theory. Uh, and you once again, as is, and uh, just like the most reliable thing going, Two for two. You got your Hassan Reddick sack at the end of the game, and then you easily got your A.J. Brown over 90 yards. Yeah, A.J. Brown, uh, I, I think that's a must bet until somebody stops him. Like, it's kind of insane. Uh, him and Jalen's rapport with each other is, um, is I don't want to say like Kelsey Mahomes-esque, where it's like he doesn't even have to be running a route. They just kind of seem to understand each other, and they find each other a lot. Uh, and then Hassan Reddick got... Actually, two sacks on the day. If we're, can, I'll just call Sam Hall a coward for the intentional yeah. grounding, stealing a sack out of his mouth, trying to feed I his family. I do think that those should be sacks. I do too. If you're, uh, you know, if wrapped you're in up, the grass, yeah, yeah, and absolutely. I but, mean, it's the same result. Yeah, 
The so, ball is put there. It's. Right. It, I really do think that. I should have gotten credit for two, but that's all right. Hassan Reddick. I, mean, I think Hassan Reddick is um, the most clutch player on the team. He is. It, this always happens. Yeah. The end of the game, like you need one play on defense, and Hassan Reddick makes like the game-saving or game-winning sack. It happens all the time. Yeah, fourth down there, and I just you you heard me erupt because I saw him beat his guy around the edge, and I just went, oh, "Get him, Hassan!" Uh, and he did, and it was a huge play in the game, and Hassan Reddick. Man, it's it's hard not to watch the Eagles week to week and not go, damn, Howie Roseman, if he's not the best GM in the league, which is wild because three years ago, probably 75% of Eagles fans wanted the guy fired. If he's not the best GM, he's certainly two or three. Uh, when you look at Hassan Reddick and A.J. Brown and the way this roster was rebuilt uh, and Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis, and it's just like the guy really hasn't missed much the last two or three years uh, and Hassan Reddick's another example of that. Yes. Almost can, under, he's undervalued. Reddick or Howie? Uh, Reddick. Okay. But I think Reddick is. I agree with that. Yeah. I think Howie gets um, his bouquets. And now. that was the only sack of the game. Yeah. Uh, they had not been able to get after Sam Howell, who was getting rid of the ball very quickly as, as part of the game plan. Um, the other thing I was going to say about the defense linebacker is, is, is on my radar. And uh, Diana Rossini had a report this weekend that, that Howie, speaking of Howie, is sniffing around potentially trading for I think that's in order. a linebacker. And Zach Cunningham's playing full-time. And I think Zach Cunningham is playing well. Um, but we continue to see this, this rotation that's sort of series by series with N'Kobe Dean and Nicholas Morrow. And I think it's telling that this is the third game that N'Kobe Dean has been back. And like when this game is on the line in the fourth quarter... Nicholas Morrow is out there, not Nicobe Dean. And Nicobe Dean, like, I think this is a, a case where defensive stats lie. Like, sure. he led the Eagles with 12 tackles in this game. I thought Nicobe Dean was a bit of a liability today. Well, I think uh, he led the team in tackles because he was kind of also getting picked on a little bit. Yeah. Um, right now, it, I don't, we're not, we don't need to make a, you know, a declaration of, of the guy's career, but a year and a half into his career as the third round pick who's supposed to be like as good of a linebacker as the Eagles could hope for because they don't use picks like that on that position. He has been disappointing so far. Um, yeah, it was funny. Before like a couple plays, I see Josh and uh, Ash in the chat saying, I thought he was actually good though. I was about to, there was two plays in a row where he kind of got thrown at. Uh, one of them, he ended up making like a nice hit and you know maybe got some snot bubbles there. I was about to say to you and Tyler, I actually think N'Kobe's having a decent game. And then it, it, they kind of started throwing in his direction a little bit. Um, yeah, the linebacker could use an upgrade. And I hope Diana uh, Marie Rossini is correct in that report uh, that Howie's calling around about linebackers. I'm sure she is. She's got a pretty good track record. Um, I yeah, think she it's. Called, she basically called the Bayard thing uh, a few days before that. No, happened. did she? I missed that. Um, you know, if it's Jordan Hicks or otherwise, I don't, I'm not going to pretend to know who's available. I would imagine, you know, a lot of teams like, you know, the Vikings now, it, look, it appears Kirk Cousins has an Achilles injury. Um, their season's probably, it was already trending towards over. Now I would say it's officially over. The Broncos, you know, a lot of these bad teams, Carolinas, teams that have nothing to play for, you know, are probably going to look to sell off a couple pieces, the Commanders. Um, so I would imagine he'll be aggressive on the phones before Tuesday, but I, I think that's the number one pressing need. If I had to say that's where I'd like a little bit of an upgrade. It's weird as an Eagles fan because there's so much talent on the roster that you almost seem greedy. Sure. Being like, oh, go get a linebacker. But, but this is to and this is to Howie's credit and part of the, the thing that that um, has made him 
impressive over the past couple of years is that when they have a chance, he is willing to go all in um, and try to bolster rosters on the margins sure. because he, he knows that you don't get a lot of opportunities. The Eagles are not going to have this sweet spot of like concentrated talent on the roster for very long. And so if you're going to make a move now, now is the time. Yeah. And Lane Johnson and Brandon Graham and Jason Kelsey and those exactly. guys are very appreciative of that type of movement. So uh, you know, Julio Jones is a guy we'll get to today. Like, even yeah, if it's a nice catch, really nice catch. Um, and somebody, I saw a funny text online from somebody's dad that said, good thing he was on the road for that catch. Cause we know he doesn't catch jump balls at the sure. link zing. Um, but those guys, those veterans in that locker room, you know, Jason Kelsey, who's pretty much, I think we can all, but say it's his last year in the NFL. Uh, if you saw the documentary and mm. some comments this past week. They appreciate that stuff. And when you go in and go, you know, a lot of Eagles Twitter was like, why Julio Jones? It's like, well, why not? He's an upgrade over what you had. And I think right now, like, you know, some people thought Nicobe played well today. He was okay. You know, he wasn't like the worst, but if there's an upgrade to be had there at linebacker, I think Howie's definitely going to make it because BG and Kelsey, you know, and those vets, this is a real chance at it. You have a, a hundred percent chance to make another Super Bowl run. You probably, we say this every week, haven't played their best game yet, and they're clearly the best team in the NFC. And they'll be tested well next week against that's a, a big the Cowboys game. team that is coming off a big blowout of the uh, the Rams and Hope. That's a bigger game than I. Th it's always a big game, but I I thought the Cowboys were kind of trending in the wrong direction a little bit, and they appear to have righted the ship. So. You know, the game of the week next week, all of a sudden before the bye becomes a huge one. The last uh, defensive personnel note for this game with Kevin Byard and Reed Blankenship playing safety. Sidney Brown was the primary nickel, um, and it seemed like on first and second down he was in there. And then on third down, Eli Ricks continued to get uh, some play. Sidney Brown does bring some some physicality and some violence, which is, he, is nice. He had that really nice uh, tackle in the backfield, I I think uh, it was on a on, second a couple, and yes. short that led to like a third he, he and comes eight. blitzing in and yeah. And uh, I think nice. Schleyer said, oh yeah, there he is pounding the C gap there. But Sidney Brown, like his athleticism, you kind of saw it, uh, you know, duck under and, and lay a nice hit. And then another nice one in the open field on McLaurin, I think in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, Ricks did a good job. He got called for that penalty that on the first uh, possession and then comes back and makes the, the tackle to end that drive. Yeah, Ricks, so. Ricks has shown some serious potential. I think so. I think so. And if you're thinking of... Uh, you know, the long term, if Bradbury is descending, sure. who among these young corners is going to step up? Certainly seems like Ricks is the guy so far without having seen Keely Ringo earn himself some playing time. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Ricks was undrafted. And again, Howie, like if if this kid becomes something, a player in this league, it's it's really an unbelievable job by the scouting department. Uh, to find him. I mean, I don't know how Alabama players really go undrafted. I don't know why you wouldn't take a sixth or seventh round flyer on a kid that played in the big time program like that. Alabama but, and LSU. Yeah, yeah, which is defensive back university. Um, so, you know, credit to the front office again for finding him. Well, if you do want to go see that game next Sunday between the Eagles and the Cowboys, the final Eagles game before the bye, but you're not sure if you're going to be free and you just want to sort of see what the prices are going to be like, well, the best way to monitor that action is definitely game time. I used it on Friday. Did you? It was awesome. For the concert? Yes. It's fantastic. Yes. Worked out well. And, and I, did you get yourself a good deal? Well, I got a little promo action from game time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Baby. And guess what? You can get the same promo. That's right. That's P-H-L-Y. It's, it's what's going to get you $20 off. 
the first time you use Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, like the concerts that Jamie went to on Friday, images of seat views, lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and more. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect. When you arrive, it's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You buy your tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem with code PHLY for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Man, the uh, comment section is going after Sidney Brown, saying he looked like burnt toast out there today, and if McLaren doesn't drop two on the final drive... Yeah, I think that's. I don't think that's unfair. Um, I don't. Th- I, I mean, and this is a game where even like the angle was even tighter than normal. So I'm looking forward to being able to watch the the film. But there were guys running open deep, and it did seem like Sidney Brown was was the guy closest in the area, which doesn't always mean that it was his guy. But uh, that that did look to be the case. Man, that uh, and and that's what comes when you play the Commanders. You get the the C crew of networks. That, that broadcast. Yeah, I know, but when you're six and one, like, I know the you, Eagles should you, tilt the scales a little better. More. Yeah. yeah, that was not a good broadcast today. Tough. Uh, we've also got the uh, the tailgate to talk about, uh, Jamie. I don't know if you want to. Uh, is it? Do we have that here? Oh no, DraftKings. Do you want to talk yes. about DraftKings? Sorry, Absolutely. I was like, oh, tailgate. Wait, I was looking at you know. Well, I was looking at uh, the we four, drinking beers. Five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we going down and drinking beers. Yes, the NFL season is strong. And if you listen to my best bets, I, I might be able to make you some money this year. I'm not betting them because I would instantly mush them, uh, and that's just the weird uh, brain I have. I mean, uh, the ROI on those for the season is wild. I, I mean, think it's crazy. I I didn't keep track, but I think I'm something like 13 and three or something. I like think that. that's right. <laughs> which is wild and DraftKings is the place to go uh, the NFL season is going strong and DraftKings is hooking up new customers with an offer that's even stronger bet five dollars on any game to score two hundred dollars instantly in bonus bets and DraftKings isn't stopping there because they're making it sweeter every day uh, you got a, you got a huge one next week with the birds and the cowgirls uh, that's going to be a fun one. So get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use that code PHLY. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code PHLY, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Live in-game player props, parlays, same-game parlays. They've got you covered with everything. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling at 888-789-7777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.com sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming sources. Uh, Terry McLaurin dropping two balls. Very uncharacteristic. Odd. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Are you, are you making a connection since it's a DraftKings thing that you think he was 
doing it on purpose? Like <laughs> Not a at all. shaving thing going on? I, I just think, uh, you know, he was in face-to-face with the Eagles' greatness. And I saw some Cowboys And fans. those are some of Howell's, you know, worst throws of the day. They yeah. Were, they were thrown a little bit behind him. He was otherwise very good, I thought. Yeah, I've seen some Cowboys fans saying, oh, look, the Eagles weasel their way out of another one, and the refs help the Eagles get another victory, and this and that. And it's just like, no, the Eagles are a really good football team. Uh, have there been some bad calls? Yeah, there have been the AJ Brown pass interference call to put him on the one yard line, which led to the Hertz fumble yeah, was, was, a, was an atrocious call. <laughs> but, did, but did that tip the scales of the game? No, not even a little bit because it was command- also weird. Yeah, it was weird spotting too because I don't think that penalty happened in the end zone. Yeah. yeah. So the Eagles are just a really good football team, and they're going to be in uh, every every game. And I don't think the Eagles are ever really going to get blown out, and they're just going to have a chance to hang around and win most games. Pretty much all 17 of them. In, it did sort of feel like um, Bienemy, Eric Bienemy, like <laughs> uh, the comments. Know, section's I know, having I fun with like dropping two balls. Yeah. Uh, it felt like Eric Bienemy out coordinated Sean Desai in this game a little bit, uh, just like the game plan they had coming out to get rid of the ball so quickly, but also guys were, were open. Um, I think you sort of tip your cap, and it, it seems like they made some adjustments in the second half, but still they were they were moving the ball. I mean, 24 for 26 in the first half for Sam Howell, and the only two incompletions, one was that fourth down throw that was almost intercepted by Bradbury, and then the other was the guy who was wide open, but uh, Byron Pringle opened downfield for a touchdown, but yeah. the, the Jalen Carter quarterback hit uh, gets him to get rid of the ball a little bit quickly. I mean, that was a, uh, an impressive performance, I thought, from from the enemy in terms of scripting things. Yeah, I would say he definitely won that coordinator, uh, you know, battle royale today. Uh, Sean Desai, I'm sure uh, it's not going to be the most fun day in the film room tomorrow for the defense. Uh, I'm sure he's going to have a lot to point out. And, you know, most of it, like, again, this is just weird. The commanders are the most sacked team in the NFL. And something I want to ask Zach about, like the Eagles can't get there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, they have one of the better D lines in the entire NFL. You're going up against the team that's let up the most sacks in the NFL. And now two games uh, and Nicholas Morrow had three against them last time. And, and Hassan Reddick got a huge one today. You really can't get home versus this guy. So, uh, you know, maybe their, their version of Jeff Stoutland deserves a lot of credit for his game plan versus the Eagles. Uh, but Eric Bieniemy definitely won the uh, Sean Desai uh, faceoff today. I think that's fair. Um, let's see. DeAndre Swift, 16 carries for 57 yards. That touchdown we talked about whether or not he should have uh, taken a knee there. My sense there is he should have, but it was probably not something that he was coached. Like I think the players if, have if to they be reminded to that. do that. Yeah, they yeah, needed yeah. to tell him. To I do think that. absolutely yeah. a player I would put that on coaching. Yeah, rarely is a, a guy as sharp as a Brian Westbrook. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he he kind of understood. I think most times you have to n- be told, um, you know, because your instinct as a player is to to score. Um, and you know, it is what it is. I can't I can't roast DeAndre Swift, but you're right. If he was playing football at an Ivy League kind of understanding, he probably goes down there after a yard or two. Although, like a couple plays earlier, right before the two minute warning, the way that he sort of like lowers his shoulder and, and runs that guy over. That was, that was that impressive was as hell. Violence. Yeah. Um, a commenter, Bo wants to know if you'd like to address the Casey two Hill situation. I mean, a big sack from Casey two Hill, uh, once again, reminding the Eagles of the mistake that they made. <laughs> like, you know, Jamie, you're up here saying that Howie Roseman is the best general manager in the league. <laughs> Meanwhile, he let the league have Casey two Hill, this guy who has carved out a borderline 
Hall of Fame career. Uh, and all they all the Eagles did was uh, need Vinnie Curry for a team that was like two and six when they could have instead just kept Casey Tuhill, the guy who was a young player at a at a premium position. I, I thought here I am. I thought the Eagles valued the line of scrimmage and then they just let this guy go. Yeah. I well, how did you feel about your boy Sua today? He got yeah, a Sua, bit not of, a great game for Sua. A little um, bit banged up. Yeah, and he got banged up and he left. Tyler Steen came in for uh, the, that drive at the end of the first half, but then Sua played the second half. Um, I think that Sua has, uh, his play has gone down a little bit over the course of these four games that he's had to play. Cam Jurgens will be eligible to come back so next week. Is, I don't know does if your he gut will. say he's going to? Because Zach pregame, I think my gut says he will. Yes. Yeah, because I was thinking with the bye, maybe, but it's Dallas now. All of a sudden, that's a huge game. You're in this six game stretch of kind of like murderers row, so it's it's a pretty big game. I would expect he's back too. Zach, you know, we'll talk to in a little bit. Um, made he it told a us point. on the kickoff show. Yeah, that he you know he traveled for this game. Now we're talking about like they take the train and it takes ninety minutes. It's not like he's flying out to L. A. Sure. Um, but he was, I think he was, you know, his, his boot is off. He was walking around during uh, the pregame. So I think there's a, I think there's a, a, a solid chance that Jurgens is back. Next yeah, week. I would expect so. So he's eligible this week to come back to the pro- practice and a uh, good chance to see him on Sunday. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, and I think it is noticeable that the, the running game when the Eagles need to run the ball, you know, those, those four minute drill situations, like they had a chance in this game before um, that fourth down incompletion to control the ball and run it out. So I actually have that in my notes. After they got the turnover on downs, Yes. why the hell are they not running the ball there? Well, so they run it on first down. They get one yard, right? And that's when, like, in the past, now this is a good front four that the commanders have. Yeah, a lot of talent. But the first four games of the season or so, when they had those opportunities, they were able to just run the the game out. Then they call that, um, that, that RPO to Dallas Goddard on second down, incomplete, and then on third down, you want to get the first down. Sure. And then that's a situation where Jalen should have known to take the sack instead of throwing the ball out of bounds because he was he was not even throwing it to anybody. He was just yeah. throwing it away. In that case, you take the sack and let the clock keep going. But um, I thought that was it. Like second I think if down they do there, a better job on first down, they continue to run the ball. Sure. Second down there, I probably still would have gone with the run because of the hogs you have up front. Hey, I got to give a shout out to somebody in the in the chat because Matt Brett is live from the Boundary Stone in D.C. I've been there too. That's my buddy's bar. Is it? Yeah, in Bloomingdale in D.C. I've been there. The Croak my Brothers. Brother used to live right near there. Yeah, the Croak Brothers down there uh, <laughs> run a great establishment. It's an awesome bar, so that's awesome to see. Uh, Boundary Stone's a great place. I've seen a couple games there myself. Uh, so cool. Talking. Cool to see that. The only bad thing is it's like uh, two hours away from FedEx Field. Yeah, yeah. But a couple Philly expats, Haddonfield boys living down that. in uh, D.C. So uh, shout out to the Boundary Stone in D.C. There you go. Uh, you know what I have in my notes? Sam Howell looks like skinny Landon Dickerson. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, that's not where I thought you were going with the <laughs> Sam Howell reference. <laughs> Hold on. I got to pull this up again. Sam Howell. Looks like skinny Landon Dickerson. <laughs> um, I got everybody. Pull up a, if you need to pause the stream yeah. <laughs> to pull up the Google images on your phone, get a side to side, two web browsers, whatever you need, take a second and appreciate that that is accurate. I mean, they both had the beard. Does, does Hal always have the beard? Like the stubble ish. Yeah. Yeah. Dickerson's kind of got, huh? I'm doing the side by side right here. Sam a little Howell bit. Is this with like, the helmet on or off? Because uh, I can see with the helmet on more. 
probably well yeah i think it i think it works both ways yeah i mean there's a quick headshot of landon yeah and then a quick headshot yeah i see where you're coming from yeah how about skinny and also high because <laughs> sam howell has this the affect where he looks like he is high at yes all times. yeah his uh his shot that fox put up looked like he took like a four foot bong right yes. before the photo um yeah all right i didn't see that one coming but now, uh, also on my radar, lots of people have, uh, you know, you know, the, the notifications have just been blowing up on uh, Landon Dickerson on the Eagles social media accounts, stealing the Freaky Friday line of questioning for if you could switch bodies with somebody. I'm going to give him a pass. I think it's okay. I think it's a, I think it's a, a compliment. Yes. That, you know, that question was in the front of his mind. I'll, I'll take that as imitation is the sincerest form of flattery type thing. Um, so I didn't catch, was Landon asked the question by you in the locker room? He was. Well, what was yes, it? but he was just on, he was sitting next to Jordan Mylotta when Jordan so Mylotta gave his answer. And so he said, Big I, I can't do better than that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I would say that's probably some intellectual theft there, but uh, chalk that up to a, a credit on your story. I think that's okay. And yeah, Bo, yeah, where can we check brand. out that story if we wanted to read you and Zach? Oh man, that's what a good tease. That's uh, that's all phly.com. Ah, okay. Read. All that stuff. And if you check out allphly.com later tonight, you're going to have a fresh story from Zach Berman, who is there at Live uh, FedEx Field. So we're going to hear from him in a little bit. Before we do that, though, we're going to talk about Shady Rays because uh, Shady Rays, I, you know, I had this, I had this thing, uh, Jamie, where uh, I ordered like a, a jacket. I, I, I'm a sucker for the Instagram ads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like I, and I know that it's like this is not a company I've ever heard of because but it's this targeted looks good. Right, I know, to you. and they know what they're doing. Yes. And I ordered, I ordered two jackets, like fall jackets. One of them is exactly what I wanted. It's exactly, it's it's the right size Perfect. and everything. I ordered two jackets of the exact size, the same size. The other one came and it was like fat guy in a little coat. Like it didn't even zip. Dude, there is no uh, fluidity among sizing anymore. An XL with one company, like I'm a size 38 pant. Like some, mm. I, I go to put it on and I'm like, geez, did I put on six extra but inches? But it's the same company. Oh, it's the well, that's same even company, weirder. same size. And it, I mean, it wasn't even like this is a missized thing. They just sent me the wrong size. Okay. Um, and I'm like, okay, can I get this? <laughs> that guy. Can I get this fixed? Go. Like, can I, can I return it? Can I get there? And it's like, uh. Oh, sorry. We don't have return labels, but uh, if you if you send us a picture of the measurements to prove <laughs> that you sent us the, that we sent the wrong size, we'll refund it, or we can just send you fifty percent off, no questions asked. What'd you and go I, with? I well, I had the other jacket, so I could do the side by side. Like, look, this is literally smaller. Yeah. I did the measurement, and I never got a response. They're ghosting me. Ooh. You know who would never do that? Shady Rays would never. Shady Rays would never do that because they got the best return situation in the business shady rays has this deal where uh if you don't love your shady rays you can exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days there's no risk when you shop their team always has your back with personal and fast support shady rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers an unrivaled product that is just as good as any expensive pair we've worn durable frames and world-class optics for all outdoor adventures and if you're into winter sports, their quick swap snow lenses switch easily from full sun to low light. Don't let changing light conditions slow you down on the slopes when all you need is Shady Rays snow goggles. That's not all. Shady Rays, this is what I'm talking about, offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost or broken replacements. If you lose 
or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out an amazing deal for the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code PHLY for 50% off two and more, two or more pairs of sun polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. So uh, hopefully none of my family members are listening right now because we do a, a big cousin's white elephant. Okay. Uh, now, how every, many cousins are we talking? Uh, f- there's 55 of us roughly. 55? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Shout out the shoe crafts and Gidgouds and Lynches and Ferrans and everybody. Uh, but with this deal right now, I think I'm mm. going to grab two pairs and just make that my white elephant gift. That's smart. That's, you know who else is rated thinking smart. five stars by over 250,000 people? Zach Berman, I bet. Zach Berman. And you know what? Right now, I got to say, Zach Berman's got a bit of a Sam Howell look going to him. A little bit, yeah. From FedEx Field. He's got the burgundy behind him. Uh, Zach and a little chest hair. Ooh. The man. Oh, baby. It's getting sexy at FedEx. It's 5-16 on a Sunday, <laughs> and Zach is showing some skin. Zach, how are you? So I sprinted up from the locker room uh, because Jalen Rose, I'm sorry, Jalen Hurts hasn't spoken yet. Julio Jones hasn't spoken yet, uh, but I wanted to make sure I got it in time. So I went up the stairs, didn't want to wait for the elevator, wanted to make sure I got here. So the sweat here is from sprinting like, uh, I don't want to say OJ Simpson through the airport. That's a dated reference and probably not a good one, right? Um, but sprinting, uh, going up the stairs and making sure that I'm here for the show. You got Josh Sweat, you got Montez Sweat, and you got Zach Sweat. Uh, <laughs> so first things first, Zach, tell us what the, uh, the mood in the locker room was like. I know that that locker room at FedEx Field is uh, cramped, difficult to get around. What can you, what can you tell us? What's the scoop? It was a business as usual locker room. That's how I would explain it. Uh, it was speaking to, you know, Lane Johnson. He kind of looked at it like this is a team that they could have scored 50 today, which they could have. They obviously had two turnovers inside the 10 yard line. Uh, there was kind of a excitement about the way the team rebounded late in the game, the re blankenship interception, the way that that set it up. Nick Sirianni's message to the team this week was about trust and emphasizing like you know trusting your teammates trusting each other and they they made plays down the stretch but it it wasn't like an overly exuberant locker room it was a business as usual locker room it was a team that came down here on a business trip to win a game and they won a game and even AJ Brown uh who had you know he set the record here six consecutive games with 125 plus yards helped me out in goose wisely AJ said that there's going to be a day when he thinks about this, but he's not like, go AJ. He's like, you know, they have work to do. They have to, they have to keep building and they have a big game next week. He saw that Dallas had a big win today. So that's, that's kind of how I would characterize the locker room. It, it, it was a locker room that came here planning to win, expecting to win and won. And there wasn't like over the top celebrations. I, I, I actually, I got down there early enough that I saw them coming off the field and coming off the field. It, it wasn't like, you know, they were screaming and hooting and hollering like they were last week. It was it was like filing in after a training camp practice. This is the team that expected to win. Zach, I would imagine the offense feels a little bit better about today's performance than the defense. Uh, what did you? We were going through some uh, YouTube TV hiccups occasionally. What did you uh, notice from the defense in particular? 
Uh, the defensive line, this is two games in a row now facing the most sacked team in the league where the Eagles can't really get home that well. Um, is it something the commanders are doing? Is it just two bad games versus the commanders? What did you notice out of the defensive line today? So I, I haven't yet seen the, seen the numbers for how quickly Sam Howell got rid of the ball, but anecdotally, Sam Howell got rid of the ball like extraordinarily quickly because if it, just that first drive jumps out to me. How many times did they have that just quick pass? They, I don't even want to call it a quick screen, just a quick pass to try to set up yards after the catch. There weren't a lot of deep drops. He really didn't extend as many plays as he did last time. It was, it was getting rid of the ball quickly. Uh, so that's, that's really – what jumped out to me about the defensive line and about the pressure is that I, I thought Sam now part of that has, has to be the way you cover and they didn't do a, a good enough job there covering um, early on in the game. But that was the big takeaway was that Sam Howell was getting rid of the ball quickly and really didn't give the pass rush a chance to get home. Now why every other team in the league has gotten home against them and, 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 and the Eagles didn't today is a fair question, but I, I really thought how did, did pass the ball quickly. Give that, that credit, Zach, to Eric Bieniemy, coaching Sean Desai a little bit. And uh, well, and I, I think the the way the coverage was, uh, you know, the Eagles were were sitting on certain routes, kind of like the, you know, when I was watching it, and it, and again, I had an angle from behind the end zone here, so I saw it actually better when they were coming in my direction than away from from my direction. But I thought the Eagles were playing off quite a bit. Uh, and trying to keep them in front of them, trying to limit the, the, the amount of big plays. And the logic there is probably that at, at some point you're, you're going to get a sack. And it, it actually didn't work out well enough tonight until, you know, Hassan Reddick was the closer there on, on the fourth down at the end. Just in, or, uh, the quick numbers that, that I can find, which are not always exactly accurate after the game, but there was a, a big difference in the first half and the second half. In the first half, Sam Howell got rid of the ball in about 2.25 seconds, 2.7 seconds in the second half, and you could tell that things had changed a little bit there. So maybe some kind of second-half adjustment, Zach. I know, you know, usually I want to ask you about what you saw that we couldn't see on TV in terms of coverages and stuff in the backfield. I know that that is not an, a place where you can generally get a good sense of things, but um, in terms of, like, why guys were so open down the field, what, what, what's your explanation for that? Well, there was, I mean, first off, the touchdown down the, I say the left sideline, you guys weren't watching, the one um, Bradbury got beat by McLaren. Bradbury just got beat. I, I thought he was he was trying to read a different route there, it looked like, and uh, because he, 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 he did not get beat early in the route. He, he got beat later in the route, which makes me think that he was expecting something else there. Um, Sidney Brown got beat on the touchdown, I, I believe. It was the right sideline was coming toward me. Um, that was the Jahan Dawson touchdown, I, I believe it was. Uh, and yeah, so I, I, I think there was just, there, uh, there were definitely some, some coverage breakdowns. I actually thought Reed Blankenship did not play a particularly good game until the interception. The interception was to him, but he still made the play. But I, I, I thought that they were just, they, they were kind of all over the place um, in, in coverage. And I think that's where I account those breakdowns to it. Again, they kept mixing and matching personnel, right? Like Eli Ricks was in there in a few different packages. As you saw, Sidney Brown was in the slot for a few different packages. And the thing with Sidney Brown, I, I spoke to him after the game, is like he's so quick getting to the ball. You think about that first drive and he had those two TFLs. And when he plays the slot, 
he's closer to the line of scrimmage and, and thus able to make those types of plays. Uh, but there are things in, in coverage that he certainly needs to work on. Zach, uh, one of the positions that's unfortunately cut off on a lot of uh, television broadcasts is the safety position. Uh, what did you notice from Kevin Bayard's usage today? Uh, where was he primarily? I saw him switch sides from time to time. It looked like him and Blankenship were moving around a good amount. Uh, what did you notice there in the box? Yeah, they, they, they were moving around. Now, Bayard, from my count, did not come off the field. Or I shouldn't say by my count, from, from, from my watching did not come off the field I'll, I'll look at the exact numbers uh but he was he was the top safety he you i thought he was moving well i didn't see anything remarkable in terms of like making plays out there um but he was uh in a few different spots and the thing with the sean decide defense is they they do disguise at the line of scrimmage so the, so there were times when you would think black that you think blankenship was doing something you think Bayard was doing something then you know really they were they were both dropping Right, but at the line of scrimmage, they were they were doing a handful of different things. So that's uh, honestly there was nothing remarkable one way or the other. I thought about Bayard's performance, um, and I, I look forward to watching this game back and seeing more. But to the naked eye, there was nothing that really jumped out, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, you you do want some more pop plays, but it didn't seem as if he was getting beat or getting picked on. Uh, let's talk about Jalen. Zach, because uh, it seemed like a, you know, I don't, I hesitate to use the word gritty, um, especially for a, you know, not a not white guy, but uh, clearly banged up Jalen Hurts in this game. I just wanted to see those eyebrows raise, um, fighting through some stuff. You know, he, we could see him hobbling at one point. He completes that pass to Devonte Smith that Ron Rivera neglects to challenge, and it's like it's clear that the Eagles want to get to the line quickly but Jalen Hurts can't really get there that quickly, which should have been enough of a sign to Ron Rivera to challenge. But anyway, despite all of that, he has a very productive day throwing the ball, four touchdowns. What's your sort of uh, general takeaway on, on Jalen's game tonight? Yeah, gritty, I think, is a fair word to use. I mean, because he was, he was dealing with something, and, well, he was dealing with the knee injury. But this was his second four-touchdown game in his career. He put the ball in some really good spots. Now, A.J. Brown certainly helped him with that one-handed touchdown. A.J. said he made that exact same play in Friday's practice. I thought the Julio Jones touchdown put in a really good spot. The Eagles put that play in on Friday, and they repped it so many times. A few guys, like, joke that with the amount of times that, jo that Jalen and Julio repped it, it's a good thing it worked in the game. That's kind of why they were so excited for him. Uh, but I, I, th I thought Jalen sprinted. Yeah, I asked Lane about that, and – and I spoke to a few different players about that. They were just pumped for Julio. Julio's, you know, like Lane said, even though Julio, you know, he's been in the, in the league for a long time. Julio's been in the league, like even long, like, like Julio's a guy you look up to almost. And, uh, and so it's, it's, it's real cool to see him get a touchdown. There's a lot of reverence in that locker room for Julio Jones. And there was a lot of references, of course, to, like I said, how many times they've wrecked that play. So there was excitement there because of, um, it was put in on Friday and they worked it over and over and over again on Friday. But Jalen was just like really good throwing the football. And that's what stood out to me is he put the ball in good spots. He made good decisions. There were, uh, you know, a few like notable conversions there that were a credit to him. I thought now the fumble at the goal line, 
again, I couldn't get a great view. And even on the TV copy, I couldn't get a great view. I, I did ask Kelsey just, just for clarification, like, was that on the exchange? And that wasn't on the exchange. So I, I think it did slip out of Jalen's hands. But I don't want to say that that's, that's a fluky play. It's, it's not a fluky play, but it's it one, you know, it, it can't happen. But it, it's, it's not as if that happens very often with, with Jalen. It actually happened more his first year, it seemed like. Um, but I, I look at this overall like this is one of, better, this is one of Jalen's better games passing the ball. And it certainly helps when you have A.J. Brown. Zach, uh, Jalen Carter, I, I don't know if there's any word on what the back issue is. I saw some speculation. It could just be spasms. Uh, him and Jordan Davis are a little beat up there both. Uh, any word on Carter's early uh, diagnosis there? No, he came off the field um, twice. You know, He came off the field early to get checked on, went back in, and then uh, came off and went back to the locker room. So uh, no early word there. Uh, he was you know, walking, but it, it, it was not – it would be, you know, baseless speculation for, for me to say what that injury was. And that was really the all, and then Grant Calcaterra left the game with a concussion. Those were really the only two uh, notable injuries that came up during the game. Zach, I want you to respond to this statement. Okay. Landon Dickerson. I mean, sorry, let me start again. Sam Howell looks like skinny Landon Dickerson. Uh, sure. That's not sure. I mean, <laughs> I have no opinion on that whatsoever. I, yeah, I, I, uh, I guess so. I mean, Sam House, uh, from North Carolina, Landon Dickerson's from North Carolina. Not all North Carolinians look the same, though. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I have no take on that one. Okay. We're going to get that side by side coming. I in think Hal has a stronger jawline. Yeah, but they're close. But that's that goes to the skinny part. Like, okay, the doughiness of the jaw comes out because. <laughs> you know, uh, Zach, last one burgers. from me. Do you think? Um, I'm, I'm thrilled. By the way, you know, I, I I I drove you know three hours down here. It's hustling in the locker room, and the type of uh, insight you're looking for me is is finish this statement. Sam Howell and Lance Dickerson look alike. <laughs> All right, Zach, I'm going to bring it back to football here. Uh, Kenny Gainwell, it looks like the coaching staff might have kind of uh, self-checked themselves there in the second half. Uh, it seems like they forced Kenny Gainwell in the red zone a lot. DeAndre Swift doesn't seem to be the running back inside the red zone much. Uh, do you think that's something that's going to change going forward? No, I don't, honestly. And I, I know fans are clamoring for it. That's Kenny Gainwell's role right now. And Nick Sirianni was asked uh, about about getting the ball um, back to Gainwell after the fumble. And he was like, we don't pull Jalen Hurts after an interception. And after A.J. Brown made a few mistakes last year, we didn't bench him. So we're not going to do that with, with Kenny Gainwell. Uh, I don't necessarily, you know, I think there's false equivalency there, to be honest with you. Like, I, you know, I think uh, there's, there's not an alternative better than Jalen Hurts. There's not an alternative better than A.J. Brown. There is an alternative better than Kenny Gainwell. But the Eagles trust Kenny Gainwell in hurry up and red zone. And at this point, I don't see that changing. He's not productive enough in that situation. That, that much is clear. He, uh, he had the costly turnover today, right? I, I know the Eagles won the game handedly, but it could have been you know, much costlier. Uh, so, yeah, I, I do think it's something that they need to look at. But I don't 
from my time covering the team, this is the way they view, well, I say my time covering the team, my time covering Kenny Gainwell, and in particular the past, let's say, year, going back to like the playoffs last year and late in the season, that's the way they view Gainwell, is he is their hurry up and red zone back. Yeah, I think it's pretty preposterous to, to <laughs> compare that to Jalen Hurts. The, the, the hurry up stuff and the two minute drill stuff is fine in the red zone. Let's, let's like actually take a look at what's going on and maybe not do that anymore. Um, I guess my last one for you, actually I have two things for you, Zach, but first behind, we, I, we always want to get the behind the scenes on the shot. Cause you spend so much time looking for the shot, the, the burgundy behind you, where are you? It looks like a satin burgundy. That's I'm sorry there. Uh, I am in the, uh, I'm in the Eagles Spanish uh, radio booth. Uh, sure. I'm trying to trying to get them to rub off on me. They do a great job. So I that is the booth that I am in. But I I ran up here, uh, like I said. I, I, I'm probably over. No, I'm not overstating. I did run. I don't need to keep repeating it. But I was huffing and puffing up those stairs, man. I wanted to make sure that I didn't miss you. And uh, I tried going to a few different booths, but. There are other people in those booths. So this is the booth that was open. And I should tilt the camera down so you see the field. But this is the best that I this is the best I got right now. That's the behind the scenes for the shot. Watch out for sewage. Uh, all right, Zach, uh, give us a preview of what you've got coming on allphly.com tonight and anything else that you learned from being there on the scene after the game. So a few things there. Um, this isn't going to be on allphly.com, but we'll get to it probably this this week i'm sure you saw reed blankenship's celebration did you see reed blankenship's uh, interception celebration we did okay so that is called the reed uh and it has been dubbed such by darius slay so basically what happened is last year in the playoffs blankenship did that dance in the locker room and slay became so um i don't want to say smitten with the dance but like he so now he always calls on Blankenship to do that dance. And Blankenship said, Slay calls it the read. He doesn't know if it's actually called anything, so now he calls it the read. Okay? So that, that, that dance, for anyone who is uh, looking for a Halloween celebration, that is the read, that dance. And Bo's a really good dancer. I, uh, I haven't seen Jamie dance. I imagine, I take, I take it that Jamie's a good dancer, but I know Bo's a good dancer, so Bo can do the read well. Uh, now, the, uh, the A.J. Brown celebration, okay, I don't know why I'm on the celebration beat here, but I'm trying to give you some color. Uh, the AJ Brown celebration is teammates were saying that he can't, he can't really get up, like he can't, he he can't play basketball, he can't dunk, and so he wanted to, he wanted to show that he can. And uh, you know, they also said that, well, well, they said he he hasn't really pulled out a few celebrations recently, so he got he got this one, and he he waited for it to officially be called a touchdown because there was the flag on the play, and if you recall. He had a baby celebration last year, and then the play got called back, and so it was a premature baby celebration. Um, but A.J. Brown overall uh, is kind of a big story. I'll, I'll focus on him because of obviously the history and just the sheer dominance with which he's playing. And it stood out in, uh, you know, just in, in, in talking to him. He, he says he needs to remain humble. Like, he's not on social media. He's not. He's, he's really trying to avoid, like, being told how – great he is but his teammates did tell him when he broke the record so he he knew it during the game um i mean aj brown understands like the 
historical significance of his position, you know, he, or he's, he's very much into kind of like the place in the game, if you will. And so I, I framed it that way. Like, does it resonate you because of that? And that's where he said, no, like, I, you know, there's, there's going to be a day when that happens, but that day, that day is not today. Um, and it was actually interesting. So I, I didn't speak uh, to Julio um, because I, I came up here. I was, I was, I was waiting for Julio, but like Julio was, was, was changing by his locker. And there was a crowd of reporters there waiting to speak to Julio. And Julio was, was like, uh, was like signaling to AJ as if like they were waiting to speak to AJ. And AJ's like, no, they're here to talk to you. Right. And it's kind of this interact. I don't want to say like a changing of the guard, but like, um, you know, Julio Jones, Julio Jones's record was broken today too, by the way. He, he had, uh, or I shouldn't say record. He was the last player in NFL history to have six consecutive 100 plus yard receiving games. He did that in 2018, so AJ broke that one. But it's just – it's interesting seeing these two guys who are potentially bound for Canton both score uh, on the on the same day. Um, so uh, that from the locker room, um, you know, Hassan Reddick kind of talking about why he was a – why he's a closer. Uh, and, you know, he, he talks about, like, how uh, his skill set and also, like, his preparation and how much – like uh, these game situations are are relevant to him. Uh, so, you know, in speaking of Blankenship, spoke to Sidney Brown. Sidney Brown has some things he like, he wants to work on. Um, Lane Johnson said there are things that, that, you know, they really need to clean up. Like I said, they could have scored 52 points today. Um, so th- those were a few of the, the quick takeaways. But on allphly.com, I think I'll focus it a, a lot on uh, the A.J. Brown-Jalen Hurts connection and, and what is happening here in Philadelphia because it did occur to me, you know, Greg Ward's a practice squad player who travels. Not all practice squad guys travel, but but they bring Greg Ward. I'll I'll find out why. But it occurred to me that it was like four years ago here that Greg Ward was the number one receiver and caught a, you know, caught a a huge touchdown. Is that what you said earlier in the show? And like not, yeah. So not to besmirch Greg Ward or not to like, like, like Greg Ward's a nice guy. He's built a career for himself. I respect that. But the delta between Greg Ward and A.J. Brown is fairly significant. And the go from like A.J. from Greg Ward being your top receiver in this stadium to four years later, A.J. Brown becoming the first receiver in NFL history to have six catches. Oh, I'm sorry, six consecutive games for 125 yards. Like that shows the evolution of the wide receiver position in Philadelphia. Zach, I said it and we'll let you go because, uh, you know, we've had you a long time here. I said it earlier, you know, you can make the case he's the best wide receiver in the NFL right now. I think it's him, Tyreek Hill, and Justin Jefferson when healthy. Uh, is there a guy now, because he's so complete, he does everything at the wide receiver position well, is there a guy you would take ahead of him if you were an NFL GM and all wide receivers were on the table right now? So first off, you never have to have to let me go. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm here to do this. So uh, I, I will take questions until I'm blue in the face, okay? Um, but, uh, you know... Justin Jefferson, like there's some recency bias here. Justin Jefferson's awesome, right? You look at the numbers these past few years. Tyreek Hill is is special in terms of that speed. Like there are few people, there's no one in the league who makes those types of plays. Um, I see A.J. Brown every day, right? And like I, I watch him every Sunday, and I've never seen a wide receiver like this. Now, my scope obviously during these last 12 years is limited to covering Eagles, so – I mean, you're kind of comparing it to like Deshaun Jackson, Jeremy Macklin, Alshon Jeffrey, Jordan Matthews. Like, uh, you know, the, it, it's it's not like they've had all pro after all pro after, after all pro. But I've seen a lot of 
great receivers come through. I mean, I thought Julio Jones and Calvin Johnson, like I said, were you know the the, the two best I've seen in person, and Randy Moss. Um, but with AJ, it, it, I don't know if there's a receiver that I you know I could make an argument for Tyreek Hill, and I can make an argument for Justin Jefferson, but I can make an argument for AJ Brown too because of just how complete his game is, that size, the run after catch ability, uh, down in, down out, he does it, game in, game out, he does it. Uh, he is he is special. He's 26 years old. Like, think about that. He is 26 years old. Um, Eagles fans should appreciate this because there aren't many in the world like him. To your point, Zach, and I know you don't like uh, on pace for stuff, you know, you've got your Derek <laughs> Jeter mentions coming but uh last year aj brown set the eagles franchise record with 1496 receiving yards right now he's on pace for 1996 basically so 500 more yards than that and yet the earth continues to spin round as it is because he believes it's flat or he thinks it might be flat right um flat curious i I think yeah Flat, flat, curious. Sorry. Well, look, he keeps having 125 yards. He's out of this world, anyways, right? So uh, he's he's of a yeah, he's of a different planet. If if he keeps putting up these receiving yards. Very well said, Zach. Thank you for spending the time. Good luck writing. Good luck driving back. We will talk to you tomorrow on the PHLY Eagles show at four o'clock. Look forward to it. Thanks, guys. See you, Zach. All right. Thank you very much, Zach. All right, Tyler, let's pull up that bad boy. Here we go. Oh, we Sam got a side Howell by side. Looks like skinny Landon Dickerson. Yeah. Yeah, the facial hair we could, you know, we 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 could work on. Um, but I think uh, when Sam's scruffy, yeah, I see yeah. it. I did. That's a mean looking picture of Landon Dickerson. Yeah. Oof. It right. must be something in the North Carolina water. Gotta be. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else you want to talk about, Jamie? How do you feel about next week? Cowboys. Yeah, if I had to guess, uh, where is that game being played? Here. Here. Uh, 425 here. I would say the Eagles are a opening four and a half point favorite. I wanted to say four. I'm going to up it a little bit to four and a half. CeeDee Lamb went off. DraftKings Sportsbook and we'll figure it out. Yeah, CeeDee Lamb went off today for the Cowboys. Dak had a good game. Um, I think I feel good about it. I don't feel great about it by any means, but I think it's going to be you know, a, a pretty big test. Uh, but, you know, I, I think Jurgens will be back next week. Hopefully Davis and Carter are, you know, up to health. And if that's the case, another week of Bayard, you know, in the system, learning things. Uh, I don't think the defense is going to look as bad as they did today versus a better offense. I know that sounds weird, uh, but, I, but I like them. I, I think they're going to uh, take care of business next week. Looks like as of this morning, it was just three. Oh, so we'll see uh, if that changes. So that's all, saying but... a coin flip game. We'll see. How do you feel? I feel like Desai. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue on the narrative of Desai does a better job against good offenses. Yeah, I like and that so narrative. We'll see how that happens. Let's just keep that growing. Yeah, why not? Yeah. All right. Uh, that'll do it for the PHLY Eagles post game show. Thank you guys very much for joining and <laughs> listening and watching. Cast Squatch says by these metrics, you and Jamie look alike. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're both white guys. How much different could we possibly look? Um, 38-31 is the win for the Eagles. Another big game on offense. A.J. Brown, 130 yards, two touchdowns, that one-hander. Unbelievable. You can read about that. ridiculous, man. Tonight on allphly.com, Jalen Hurts. What a Jim Rat performance it was for him. 319 yards, four touchdowns, and the defense 
gets the clutch sack from Hassan Reddick that, um, you know, ends the game. He kept the main thing, the main thing. Kept the main thing. And Devontae recovers the onside kick. So uh, we will be back tomorrow. We've got five shows this week because the bye is coming up the week after. So we're going to front load a little bit. So uh, a full week of PHLY Eagles episodes and a surprise coming on Tuesday that we are very excited about. But before all that gets started tomorrow at 4 o'clock, I believe. So for Tyler and Jamie and the brothers Dickerson Howell, and Zach, we thank you for licking, uh, for licking. Whatever you're doing on your own time is fine with you. Halloween's coming up. Maybe some licking involved. Uh, we thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And as always, we love you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. City like the mayor. 